Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. There we go. <laughs> A little technical difficulties going on. There we go. I uh, connected the wrong mic. Uh, I was connected to my headset mic, and that mic is not turned on. So is that any better? Can I get some super scratchy volume? Super scratchy. Is that any better now? Okay, getting some thumbs up in the chat. That's good. That's good to hear. Yeah, that that's rough. Uh, it was about as rough as that performance yesterday. Uh, it was a good intro that that went to to no one's ears. Uh, yeah. So Auburn lost in Death Valley uh, at the hands of Jaden Daniels and Brian Kelly in a game that I may have been booging a little bit too hard. Uh, I expected this Auburn offense to at least have some kind of uh, decent day against this terrible, terrible, horrendously bad. LSU defense and that was just not the performance I was expecting to see and most of that starts at the fact that uh, if you see this jersey behind me it's got a it's got the name of the guy who should be starting at quarterback for the remainder of the season and that game yesterday told the entire world that Dylan Lark has been right all along as who should start at quarterback and I have never felt more vindicated in my life going through Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and hearing all these people saying that Robbie Ashford needs to start, it's it's just awesome. It's so, so funny. And I don't know if there's any Robbie Ashford haters, that ex-Robbie Ashford haters in this chat. I know a lot of people uh, that are fans of the show uh, tend to agree with me on certain, some things. Robbie Ashford, if he does not go into this week as the starting quarterback, there's a good chance that Phil Montgomery isn't going to even make it to the end of the year. And that's not me saying that it's him making the decision. It's me saying that someone's got to take the blame for why that offense looks so bad. And I know Hugh Freeze might find himself taking up some of that blame, just kind of saying that, you know, yeah, this happened. This is my fault. It falls on me. I'm the coach, which I respect a lot from Hugh Freeze. But, I mean, if Montgomery is the one calling the plays, you got to – you got someone's got someone's to take the blame for it. Someone's got to be the fall man. 
And it, it I I used to say I don't think I think it's because Phil Montgomery can't call a Robbie Ashford led offense. And I find I've upon further research, I mean we've talked about this all already. Philip Montgomery has coached RG3, and Hugh Freeze has coached Malik Willis. They should know how to scheme around a dual-threat quarterback, especially someone that – I don't know if anyone else can see this. Uh, that two-point conversion play, probably the best play uh, that kind of shows off exactly what Robbie Ashford can bring to an offense. And – the fact of the matter is, I just don't understand what everybody. I don't. I'm not going to everybody because it's not everybody. I don't understand what the coach's infatuation with Peyton Thorne is. It's. It seems like it's been a a matter of maybe the leadership thing that came around that that narrative got pushed. Uh, and the fact. What's up, James? I see everybody in the chat. I'll, I'll acknowledge y'all in a second. I just gotta. Just gotta rant a little bit. I see Teresa. Meet, meet Teresa. I saw they beat uh, the UAB uh, yesterday. Yeah, a little bit of a gut punch, a little bit a bittersweet. I'm also a little bit of a Blazer fan because they're my second favorite team in the state of Alabama. Uh, and Gregorio, I see you in the chat as well. Yep, we, we've we known all along that Robbie Escher should have been the guy. And yeah, James, go back to that two-point play. I mean, we watched a play that was supposed to be a QB run, a QB keeper on the end, uh, just kind of break down. Robbie saw that immediately and looked down and stopped he stopped in the middle of the play dead stopped looked around looked in the end zone found brandon frazier who had again a breakout game from brandon frazier he won our offensive player of the week because of his breakout performance and almost picked robbie for it but i was going to get ticket with brandon frazier a guy we don't really hear about a lot a guy who i was really high on whenever he got here and uh, Prince Major, I'll put your comment up here for a second. It's the boosters. They are the reason Thorne is starting. No way they meddle with every coach. Then all of a sudden they stop with you. I, that's – I'm, I'm a little hesitant to say it's the boosters because uh, if the boosters are running your program like that, then it, it's just time to pack it up. It is, that's that's all at time. That's, the, that's all it is. Uh, I don't think the boosters have that much say in who starts at quarterback. I know they have a lot of say in some other things. Uh, but quarterback, they're going to hopefully trust the coach with that. Because uh, if you're wanting to win like Alabama does, uh, you're going to have to put more faith in your coach. I just think it's – I think they – I don't think – I think it's more the coaches weren't impressed with what they saw from the quarterbacks at first and were kind of forced to go get a quarterback out of the portal. And when you get – when you transfer, go in that transfer window after the spring, your positions and players are limited. And I think it was between – Peyton Thorne and Casey Thompson were the last two guys Hugh Freeze could really grab, and you already missed out on the chances to get like Devin Leary and and I'm not gonna say Graham Mertz, even though he's been playing decently well. Uh, shocker there, but some all, all these other transfer portal quarterbacks you couldn't grab in the fall whenever everybody was actually transferring out, and you tried with Grayson McCall, but the guy couldn't get the grades that he needed to you know transfer to Auburn. Uh, and I, I don't want to say it's the boosters uh, and. I, and again, the boosters want to win. The boosters want to win. So if they want to win, I don't think they're going to be pressuring Hugh Freeze and the starting Peyton Thorne because what we've seen from the past few weeks, Peyton Thorne doesn't have the X factor needed in order to win football games at Auburn. I honestly think that if Peyton Thorne starts the remainder of the season at quarterback, Auburn will not win a single SEC game. And I'm saying that knowing that we play Vanderbilt in the schedule, and I'm saying that knowing we play Mississippi State in the schedule. 
I mean, the only winnable game with Peyton Thorne at quarterback is New Mexico State. Because I think even as bad as some of these defenses look, I, I think it's very plausible that those defenses take advantage of the fact that Peyton Thorne in a big game scenario has been playing awful. I There's only been one good game for Peyton Thorne all year long that I can actually, and it was that Sanford game. And that game even tricked me. I, I assumed from that point on that, that he finally took the steps needed to become that quarterback we've been looking for. Uh, a, a guy who was able to to pass the ball consistently. Uh, he had two very stupid interceptions that game, uh, but he was able to do what he needed to do to win that game. Uh, and he did it well. And I'm looking at what we saw last night, and I saw Peyton Thorne throw 23 passes in a game where there was no offense whatsoever. I was watching Peyton Thorne overthrow Nick Mardner, who is six foot six. I watched Peyton Thorne overthrow uh, Rivaldo Fairweather, who is six foot five. This is horrendous. This is bad. If if you freeze once a chance to make a bowl game, you need to have a quarterback who is an X factor at some aspect of the game. And if you want to call Robbie Ashford a inconsistent passer, cool, fine. He hasn't shown it all season, but yeah, go off of what you saw last year under the Potato Man at coach, and then base it off what you've seen this year. I, Robbie Asher's been more consistent than Peyton Thorne has, and Peyton Thorne is the passing quarterback. And even if you're looking for an X-Factor guy, Peyton Thorne doesn't have an X-Factor in him whatsoever. Robbie Ashford, at least as a runner, has an X-Factor. And as a passer, he has not shown me anything that says that Robbie Ashford isn't a consistent passer. He had one incompletion last night, and it was because the pocket broke down. He tried to run out of the pocket and make a play. Didn't see anyone downfield. Saw people in front of him. Knew he wasn't going to get any yards. Threw the ball out of bounds. That is a smart play. That is a good incompletion to have. It it blows my mind that there are still some people out there who still think Peyton Thorne is a better quarterback. Or just in general, just hate Robbie Ashford because of what happened last year. When Robbie Ashford last year was our offense at times. It makes I, – I don't understand. And I will say, if you want to join the Robbie Ashford fan club, but you've been bashing him all season, if you want to join it, all you need to do is free admission. But if you're a Robbie, ex-Robbie hater, you have to write me at least a max limit uh, Twitter apology uh, tr- and make sure you tweet at me until uh, I can see it, and that'll be your application to join. Uh, because after last night, if there's still any Peyton Thorne truthers out there, you have no backing to stand on. None whatsoever. I bought this jersey knowing this was going to happen eventually this season. This this is the starting quarterback. This should be the starting quarterback. If not, Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery better come up with a great excuse for why they watched the film of that game and said that Thorne should be the starting quarterback again. That makes no sense to me. Uh, got, let's see, got some comments up here. Uh, AJ, I may have missed it from the last two weeks. I'm behind my episodes, but what's your mid-season outlook? Uh, mixed reviews all, all throughout that. Uh, it was a, the, we, it's a mixed bag. It's, you get a decent UMass performance. You get that god-awful cow game. You get a good look at the team against Sanford. Then you get that god-awful A&M game. 
and then you get that close loss to Georgia, and then you get that blowout loss to LSU. It just looks bad. It 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 it'd be like a high D and a low C, just because I don't know what this team looks like, and because I, I just don't know what I'm going to get. The defense for what for what Auburn looked like last night. The defense played as good as they possibly could. Defense looked good. They just didn't have the time to rest because this offense is might be historically bad unless, you know, they put the guy that I've been saying all along at quarterback. I, I'm, I'm a little bit of a conceited individual when it comes to sports, and when I get proven right, I'm going to throw it in your face. Start Robbie Asher. Uh, let's see. Got Prince Major. They forced that Sanford game. I said it during the game. He was still throwing in the fourth quarter. I agree. I think at some point you need to start putting the the backups in because uh, I, I I agree. I was I was impressed in the second half of that game because the first half of that game looked terrible. I mean, like I've, I say this every episode, I would love to see four good quarters of Peyton Thorne, and I don't think I've gotten. I've, there's not been a single game this year where I've gotten four good quarters of Peyton Thorne. Uh, AJ, back to AJ. Give me that Robbie Ashford game at. Give the Robbie Ashford game at Ole Miss under the lights. Uh, I I agree. Uh, Robbie, there. The thing about Robbie that makes me love him so much is the fact that he has that competitive spirit that you look for in a quarterback. I mean, I, from for throughout my history of watching football, the guys that I've always been drawn to at quarterback are the guys who are willing to put their bodies on the line in order to win games. Like, I think of Cam Newton right away. Cam Newton was out there diving from the four-yard line trying to get in the end zone. Cam Newton's out there bull-rushing people trying to get those extra yards. Robbie Ashford literally tore his body apart last year trying to win games. Auburn was down by 20, like, double-digit points in the Iron Bowl late in the game, and he's still out there running around, balling out, diving, getting hit. Uh, Just all over the place as my dog tries to get in the garbage can. But I, I just don't understand why people hate Robbie Ashford so much. He is the biggest competitor on this team no matter what. Nothing about Robbie Ashford and how he plays is I'm I'm not going to play to win the game. He wants to – it doesn't matter what the score difference is. doesn't matter how bad the offense looks. Robbie Ashford is out there nonstop trying to get Auburn the lead, trying to get Auburn to win. He's trying to get touchdowns, trying to do this, trying to do that. And go up the comment to, to, about J, with James. I'm with you about Robbie. He should be QB1. Why do you think the other Auburn supporters think he's not the answer? And we'll skip over him and say Holden should be QB1. Something funny, just my opinion. I don't understand the whole Holden Gurner uh, hype train that's been going on. I can understand it from a sense of you don't want Peyton Thorne to start. You don't think Robbie Ashford can throw the ball, even though nothing from this season tells you that. But okay. Uh, but Holden Gurner has been a guy that we've basically been – I don't know. Uh, I don't want to say lied lied to about, but he's had the most propaganda through him from the coaches, kind of saying he has always he's always has the great practices and all these good practices. And oh, this week Holden Gurner shined. Oh, this week Holden Gurner shined. There was a whole week where we thought Holden Gurner was was going to go out and win the starting job. I mean, that that was like a whole episode we had. Was it looked like Holden Gurner was going to come out and win the starting job outright, but we just haven't seen him. And it just seems like it was just a way to make it seem like this QB battle was happening, was going on, and was more competitive than we originally thought it was. And it just wasn't. 
apparently, but I, I just I'm not I don't know. Uh, let's go to Chris Cossey here. Can we win any more SEC games? Uh, Mississippi State and Vanderbilt are the two most winnable. Uh, and it just depends on who the quarterback is. Uh, if if it's if it's Robbie, I give Auburn the edge because at least that gives you an identity in, on the offense, and it doesn't allow anything uh, for Peyton Thorne to screw up. I uh, also got Gregorio, my fellow, my vice president of the uh, Robbie Asher fan club. Uh, Robbie has all the tools to be elite under whose offense. Imagine how much he would be improved by now if he started all season. I completely agree. And it just goes back again. I say this every time. There, you've see, people have seen nothing that says that Robbie Ashford isn't the best quarterback on the roster, and they just kind of use it as well. Don't won the job. Well, I, I think they felt pressured. They went out and got a guy that they had to settle for, and then you kind of had to, you know, start him. And every time he gets asked about it, he kind of just dodges it and says, "You, well, yeah, we're just going to see how it goes." And then Peyton Thorne's back as the starting quarterback, uh, and. And it's, it happens every week is the fact that Hugh Freeze will go up to the podium and speak about how much they want to run the RPO. They want to run the run fast option. They want to do this RPO system. They can't. Have, they haven't done the RPO well. They haven't done this well. They haven't done that well. The RPO has has been an offensive scheme that the coaches have been working to run all year long, and we have not seen it well. We have not seen it. And when we have seen it, it's not been run well under Peyton Thorne. If you want to run the RPO, you have a guy who can run it, I don't want to say to perfection, but can run it the best that any other quarterback on this roster can. He he ran it in high Robbie Ashford ran this offense in high school. Like that's that's that is the exact point that should be made here. Robbie Ashford ran this exact offense, the RPO that Hugh Freeze and Phil Montgomery have been so adamant on wanting to play and run. They have a guy who ran it in high school. They had a guy who Practice in Oregon. Oregon's been doing RPOs since uh, Marcus Mariota. Before Marcus Mariota, I'm trying to remember the run the quarterback name from the 2010 championship game. I I can just I can see him, but I can't remember his name uh, off the top of my head at least. Uh, but this this has been a you have all the tangibles you want in this scheme all in one guy who whenever you let him on the field. Whenever Robbie got on the field, the ball was moving. And then as soon as Peyton Thorne gets switched in, play the, the scheme is dead. The, the drive is dead. The drive dies. As simple as that. As soon as Robbie gets taken out of the game, they try to pass the ball. Incompletion, 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 punt. Like, that's what they're settling for. Robbie Asher goes in, moves the ball, and then you settle for punting after Robbie Asher just moves the ball 28 yards on the field in his in this in the scheme that you want to run. Like you have the the RPO quarterback, but you're setting up setting up for the guy who just wants to pass the ball. Who Peyton Thorne can run the ball, but he can only really do it whenever I don't forget there was our sack on that drive too. Uh that that simple as that. <laughs> uh it was just it was Darren Thomas, thank you, thank you, former president Jimmy Carter for that. Uh, I'm trying. I was trying to get the the running back was also in my brain too, and I, that Oregon team was just so filthy. And uh, Lamora's, I'm going to get to your point. I'm sorry, yours. I'm about to get to your point in a second. I have a certain tweet 
uh, memor or saved to bring up if so if no one saw it before it got deleted. Uh, get some more. Let's go back to oh, more. We got another. Uh, coaches make mistakes in evaluation too. Uh, there was a big one made and 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 who they picked up the transfer. Got AJ hindsight twenty twenty. There's a lot of coach speak this summer. Yeah, and that and there's been a lot of coach speak this this season. Uh, just in reference to you have a guy that you made a mistake on and you just haven't owned to it owned up to it enough to bench him. Uh, and if I understand year one, you're not the the goal for a year one quarter year one coach isn't to go in and immediately start winning games right away. That's how that's how Freeze has gone in. That's how most first year coaches go in. It's like we're not going to win right away. But we need to do just enough to stay afloat and keep get recruits in. That's what Hugh Freeze has been very open about. But if you have these games that you can win, you need to win them. Because nothing does more for recruiting than winning. That is exactly what you have to do. If you want to win, if you want to get recruits in year two, you need to win the game. You need to win games like that. Auburn could have beaten Georgia if we had an X factor at quarterback. Maybe we do have an X factor quarterback but we haven't seen a full game from him. We barely get to see full drives of Robbie Ashford. And when we have, the offense has looked really good. I I just, it doesn't mesh well in my brain what I saw last night. And back to AJ right here. Like back at last season, Robbie Ashford always improved. Is there any game that Robbie played, played in that he looked worse than the week before? I don't, off the top of my head, I can't remember one. There probably was a few kind of mixed in, but I remember the last year when Auburn played LSU, the LSU team that won the West, Robbie Ashford threw for 300 yards. And his only interception that he had, there were some fumbles around, but that's because the offense was god-awful, or the offensive line was god-awful. He had one interception that game. And the interception was because the ball got wrestled out of the wide receiver's hands. That That is – Robbie Ashford was – wasn't a low light of last year. He was a highlight. And I don't get how anyone from this year doesn't see that. This team is built around and can be built around Robbie Ashford because nothing says that he has not improved from last year because all the facts say that he has. And it's going to be a Robbie Ashford truther podcast for a little bit. Uh, and that's just, that's just the, that's all we saw from last year or last, last yeah, yesterday. Uh, going back to uh, James, I think I think people forget that Robbie was hurt last year and still put his body on the line, especially when it came down to going forward on fourth and five. He was not running out of bounds. I completely agree. That nothing. I almost cut the game off when that happened. I almost did. I was like, "Oh, you gotta go for a fourth and five. Peyton Thorne makes a couple reads, doesn't see anything, starts to run. And then I swear, I, I think I've seen that play a couple times now. I swear you could have just ran to the sideline, cut up field, got those extra half one to two, half, like zero to – it was like half a yard to like two yards they needed. And you could get that just by cutting up field and diving. Cutting up field and just just get there. It, it's, it's a sense of you're just scared. You're playing scared. And that's not something you can – if you want to beat LSU and Death Valley, the the biggest, if not the second biggest, hostile environment in college football. If you're going to play scared in Death Valley, you're not going to win games. and You're going to look god-awful. 
you're going to look bad. People are going to make fun of you because you're going to look bad. That's how you play scared, and it, 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 just, it just baffles me. Uh, Teresa, mistakes can be made, but when you realize that it's a mistake, fix it. Uh, and that's been the case. Uh, it's been it's been week in a week out of us kind of calling out that, hey, maybe this guy is not the guy. And them not seeing that. And I understand that. And I said this on the Warpour uh, yet last night. I kind of said that we kind of got brainwashed by the whole, we walked into the facility and, and, and he was getting all the names of the guys, of the people that worked at the, in the football facility. And like, oh yeah, that's a leader right there. And Peyton Thornton probably is a good leader off the field, but on the field, I just don't think he has the has the peop, has the locker room. I don't think he has the players behind him. I mean, there's there's pictures floating all around the place of of people who were. Or I think it was was it Jay Fair maybe. Uh, I can't quite remember off the top of my head. But he's just like mad dogging Peyton Thorne as Peyton Thorne trying to talk to him, and it's just it's just rough. Uh, and uh, Brian Dawkins. We got the former president and we got the former safety of the Philadelphia Eagles here, dude. That's awesome. I uh, said, so I hope Hugh doesn't turn into Gus, stubborn and refusing to change players and play calling. I I will say he's been better than Gus at announcing who's who's calling the plays. I think that if if Hugh says that he's calling the plays, he's calling the plays. And if he gives it to Montgomery, he's giving it to Montgomery. Uh, at least that's what I hope. That's what I've seen so far. There's been there's been a staunch difference between some of the drives, and you can tell exactly who's calling the plays when it happens. Uh, I mean, he even came out and said that that one that game winning drive against Cal that was mostly him calling the plays. But I really hope that it, when it comes to changing players, if if he wants to beat Ole Miss, if he wants to beat Mississippi State, if he wants to beat Arkansas, Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, and Alabama, you got to make the change. You got to uh, go. Don't throw it back to Mr. Prez. Uh, Thorne was never the quarterback for this offense. He was average at best at Michigan State, and it looks even worse now. That's what I, that's been a that's been a narrative I've been reading all over the place. Uh, he's it's it's been a the Keon Coleman catches that I've been seeing all over Florida State Twitter because apparently they've heard me say that I like Florida State this year, and uh, obviously they're just like, oh, here, watch watch Keon Coleman do all stuff. Kind of kind of like a gut punch because uh, we really wanted Keon Coleman. And we didn't get him. So just like, oh, hey, look, look at this guy you didn't get at the transfer portal. Well, he's doing great at Florida State now. It w- it was it was I just I just can't. Uh, it's I, I'm trying to be as timid as possible about it. Just know I'm heated. If my face looks red, it's because I'm heated. Uh go back to Teresa. Before he went out of bounds, he stuck his arm out again to try to reach the first down like the fumble at Cal. Uh SMH. SMDH. Yeah. Did he reach his hand out? I don't even think he did. He reach his, I don't think he did reach his hand out unless I'm just forgetting it wrong. I just know that he ran out of bounds, which is bad enough <coughs> because you need to get that first down fourth and five, get the first down, put your body on the line. Show, show that you want your team to win. You're the starting quarterback. Show your team that you want to win. Put your body on the line, dive, reach out, do something that tells everybody that you want to win the game. You come in as an 11-point dog. You had two weeks to prep. You're playing against the worst defense in the SEC and like the 120th defense in college football. Do something to prove to the world that you want to win this game. 
And running out of bounds, not it. Uh, back to Jimmy Carter, Kevin Walker, Jaden Reed, and Keon Coleman reading about the Spartan success. That gets proven day in and day out that I watch Peyton Thorne try to play the ball, try to play football. Uh, Gregorio, the difference is that Thorne doesn't have the heart Robbie has. Robbie loves Auburn. He sacrifices everything to help this team every single week. That kind of looks out. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, I reached his hand out. I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for it. It just didn't look like it. Uh, yeah, Gregorio, it's just something that I've talked about a lot. I mean, people have kind of bashed Robbie's leadership. And I, I look at the Ole Miss game, wherever you got in Tank Bigsby's face, and that's kind of like asserting your dominance on the guy who has been the like the workhorse player for the offense that entire season last year. And Robbie Ashford got in Tank's face because Tank was like, Tank was kind of like, give up on Robbie. Robbie's like, don't give up on me. And then they went out there and they scored a touchdown against Ole Miss. The game was already like, like well passed, but Auburn got very competitive at the end whenever Robbie Asher did that. Like Robbie Asher, Robbie's heart is what makes him such a lovable, lovable player. I don't understand how anybody can hate how much heart Robbie Asher goes in with every game, every play, every drive, every single time he gets the ball in his hand. Robbie, you know, Robbie Asher is going to try to do some of that ball. They, that's my biggest like draw against Robbie Asher. The fact that he tries to do any anything he can with that ball in order to get the ball down the field. And that's where some of the interceptions came along. He was trying to make plays. And, and if it was forced, I mean, a lot of quarterbacks forced balls. We saw it yesterday with Peyton Thorne trying to force balls in the double coverage. It happens. And it's, it's either some players force the ball whenever they get, like, rambled out of the pocket, but some people just want to force the ball and try to make a play. And sometimes you have to. And, I mean, that's not something I'm going to draw against either one of those guys, but it's something that's all up from Robbie Ashford last year, but I haven't really seen him from this year because, you know, we don't get to watch him play because for some reason he's not starting. And last night again showed that he should. I uh, got all the people saying, and I'm about the Lamores, I, I know about the Keontae Scott tweet. I'm actually scrolling right now to go get it. And if you if you don't want to hear it from me talking about Robbie Ashford being a leader and winning over the soccer room and Peyton Thorne losing the locker room, this is a tweet last night from Keontae Scott. And if you don't know who Keontae Scott is, he is currently injured. But this is not a nobody on this Auburn defense. This is not a nobody on this Auburn team. This is one of the key contributors to this defense before he got injured. This is one of the leaders on this defense. And he tweeted this out. Just the number nine, period. Nine, period. This tweet obviously got deleted. Uh, because you can't really tweet that and all. Uh, and that that right there, I saw that. I got lucky enough to screenshot it. That right there told me everything I need to hear about Peyton Thorne in this locker room. Keontae Scott is out there looking at, watching the TV. He, he was watching it like all of us because, you know, he's currently trying to, you know, get healthy so he can be back and this defense can be at least fully healthy, uh, hopefully fully healthy by the time he gets back. Uh, I, I think – I don't know exactly he'll be back. I think he's still – I don't know if he's in the doubtful or if he's in the – I think he's still in the doubtful or questionable kind of – he won't be back until, like, Vanderbilt maybe. Uh, we're still waiting on when we're gonna, ever going to hear about Austin Keys as well. But Auburn, the sovereign defense played well despite not being completely healthy. But uh, him just tweeting nine – and he wasn't talking about Eugene Asante. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> this that that is a bad look. And he deleted it once, 
and tweeted it again apparently, and I've, and it got deleted again. It's uh, it, it's rough. I I just there's no no way that he's tweeting out anybody else wearing number nine. There's no way he's tweeting about Eugene Asante because Eugene Asante deserves more than just a period <laughs> because of how he played yesterday. That was a statement. That was flat out. That was that, that he could have that number nine. It was him saying, "Robbie Ashford," or "Start Ashford," put Ashford in the game. That that's what that tweet said. And I I'm not I don't think I'm reading into it too much. I don't think I'm assuming anything. I think that's exactly what that means. And if it comes out and someone asks him like what it means, and he said something else, I mean, he might be lying because that 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 tweet right there kind of. You don't tweet that in the middle of a game whenever your offense looks that bad and watching Robbie Ashford perform as he did and not mean that. Uh, let's see. Gregor- back to Gregorio. Robbie is only a sophomore. He's got he's got he's got to have the opportunity to grow up and develop as a leader. Everyone knows the talent is there. It's just the fact that he hasn't been given the opportunities. Uh, you can Gregorio, if you just want to like screenshot that and like uh tweet that or copy and paste it on Twitter, that that's what everybody needs to hear. He's just not been given the opportunities like everyone else. I don't understand. In baseball, it's three strikes, you're out. I don't understand why Peyton Thorne's getting getting X, Y, Z, A, A, B, B, C, C's, like, chances to prove himself. At some point, you're just kind of hanging the rest of the team out to dry because you're so adamant on playing this one guy at quarterback that you're willing to have an offense that looks this bad. There is nothing that we saw from yesterday that says that Peyton Thorne's a better quarterback. I don't, I, I mean, even if it's Holden Garner, there's no reason that Peyton Thorne should be starting a single game for the rest of the season, unless two injuries happen. Knock on wood for that. Auburn's not been the healthiest team in the world. And it, it just, it, it makes no sense. And it, and watching these two guys, coaches offense, who have been very offensively oriented their entire entire season uh, careers, which I know I'm saying that they've been offensive coordinators before, and they've coached up people like Malik Willis and Robert Griffin III to have statistically some of the the best seasons that they've ever seen from any of their quarterbacks they've ever had. Why they can't trust Robbie Ashford to open up the playbook? And I get it that you you've been he's been practicing as a backup quarterback, and you can't really trust him with the entire playbook right away. But why not open it up a little bit more? Why why not flip to page two? Why not flip to page like or flip to the back of page one? Nothing from yesterday told me that Robbie Ashford can't go out there and throw the ball well. He threw a thirty nine yard pass to Brandon Frazier, who was like. Not not the lowest tight end on the depth chart, but he's not the highest. He's been more of a guy we put in for blocking situations. And we finally learned yesterday that if you put a guy who's six foot seven out there at tight end to like run a post route, he can moss a guy. And he did do that. And he th- and Robbie threw that ball so perfectly down the field that I just don't understand. Just open the playbook up to him. Just open it up. And you got Jimmy Carter. How can Bama scheme a game plan for Milrow and we have nothing for Robbie but run plays? That's what I was saying. I, uh, I'm 
I have a. I'm from Alabama, so my some of my family is Bama fans. My older brother is a Bama fan, and he was at the, he was watching the game with us yesterday. And I just kind of looked around and was like, "We talked about the Bama game," and I was like, "Brandon, uh, uh, Jalen Milrow isn't the greatest quarterback that I is like. He's not. He's not a very good quarterback, but he play. He has the same skill set as Robbie Ashford." And Alabama tried tried to show everybody like, hey, Jalen Miller's the best quarterback on the roster, and they sent out the two two other guys out at UCF or USF. Uh, they played UCF; they probably would have lost that game, but they played USF with Tyler Buckner and and uh, Ty Simpson, and it was very uh, evident that Jalen Murrow, best quarterback on that roster, and Jalen Murrow, fast quarterback who was a great deep ball, Robbie Ashford. It's the same way. And the thing is, I think Robbie Ashford right now, probably a better overall passer than Jalen Murrow. And Auburn, very talented. We haven't seen him, but very talented wide receiver core. We got Shane Hooks, who I don't think Shane Hooks even got a, he didn't get a single catch. A guy we've been praising for his ability to make key catches and these big time catches didn't get a single catch last night. And I'd have to go find the stat sheet from the Auburn Athletics page to see if he actually had a target. Because I, I don't know if he really did. And if he did, I, he did have one. He did have one. I think he got called for P.I. Which he's been very good about uh, getting those uh, P.I. calls for him. But I, I, I just, for a guy that we've been talking about all season long as probably one of the better wide receivers on this team, and for him just to go out there and not get a single catch is absolutely baffling to me. That's baffling. For a guy who can make your overthrows like turn into catches, I, I just I just don't quite understand. I, I it, nothing I, it's the theme of the week now. This week is gonna be all about this guy right here. Cause it makes absolutely no sense as to why he's not starting. You'll get through a couple more of those comments, and then we will uh, switch up to some probably more positive topics that I have listed here. Uh, got see, scroll back up a little bit. Uh, go put to Aunt Robinson. Hey, all I could say is if Dylan is number one, I'm number two. Robbie should have started the season. Everyone says who is the Asante. Everyone says who is the Asante for the offense. It's the other number nine on the team. Last year he was injured and gave. Part two, his auto lead Auburn to a win. If you can't respect what he did for us last year with a blown shoulder, then you should not be a fan. I agree. Completely agree. And if you hate him, I don't get why. If it's because he, you think he's not a good leader, sure, why? I, I would like to know why. It 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 baffles me. And let's go back to Lamores. Speaking of not getting opportunities, Frazier showed us firsthand he's to get be targeted more. Deal has not been that deal. I I, I agree. Deal's been dealing with some injuries, so I, I'd give Deal a little bit more uh, leeway. And he's been a, he's been a very vocal leader, and he and he has had games where he's looked really good. Uh, but this tight end room is just very deep in general. I mean, we saw Michael Riley Ducker have his uh have have himself a little or have his first career touchdown against Sanford. And uh, that pass was from Robbie Ashford. So Robbie Ashford out here getting people chances who should be getting more chances. 
just a team player all around. Uh, but yeah, I completely agree. Brandon Frazier, he's a guy I was really high on when Auburn got him uh, as a recruit. Uh, when you get a guy who's six foot seven at tight end, you're pretty excited about that. And I never really understood why Auburn didn't utilize him more. Because uh, I think he, I believe he's a senior now, or is he a junior? Yeah, he's a senior. Uh, I, I never understood why he didn't really get as much of a chance because uh, I felt like he had the tangibles that you want from a guy that big. And it's just, I I would love to know uh, why it's been so long since we've seen a, a Brandon Frazier game like this. Because he, he can fit up there with Ravado Fairweather and Luke Deal. Tyler Fromm is a, another big player that we've had at tight end in a couple games. Michael Riley Ducker. I mean, I would be shocked if Auburn just ran out there with a five tight end set and just ran like a four verts or something. I mean, that, that, would, that, would, that would work out very well, I believe. Uh, let's see. Uh, I got Lamores and Millie is not a dynamic rudder like Robbie. Is that in reference to Jalen Milrow? I believe so. Uh, Milrow is a pretty dynamic runner. I just think that I think he might be a. He, I would love to see the race. I can't. I don't know if he's faster than Robbie. He might be by like a hair, but I do think Robbie is probably a better ball carrier than Milrow is, just from what I've seen. Uh, see, see, Prince Chuko. Robbie's been there all spring. He has. I think he's gained more trust from the off from the team uh, than at least what I've seen from from Thorn. Uh, Teresa, I would burn Hank's rusher if I put PT in. At least that would be developing the future for the losses of games. PT has at best has one year left. Robbie has two. Holden has three. Thing is, after this year, with the entrance of Hank Brown and Walker White coming in. As a freshman, uh, Peyton Thorne can't transfer again, uh, at least to my knowledge, unless you know until he graduates, which I believe he is a graduate. I need to check that. If he does have the graduate pass on his uh on his jersey, yay nay. Anyone know that off the top of their head? Uh, yeah, he does. Okay, cool. Uh, I don't think Peyton Thorne can transfer again. But so I think he's stuck here. Yeah, got confirmation from Teresa. He's already graduating for it. Yeah, I don't think he can transfer again. He's got another year of eligibility. He can't transfer again. Uh, he'd have to probably apply to be uh, with the NCAA to get a pass, but they're not keen on doing that. But and I mean that leaves. I think it means Holden Garner probably at best uh, is going to be the the quarterback transfer out. Uh, unless, you know, they give Robbie Asher the keys the rest of the season. And if we get stuck with Peyton Thorne and uh, Robbie Asher kind of applies for a waiver from the transfer out, uh, Auburn might be screwed in year two as well because I just don't think Peyton Thorne has it. Uh, let's see, where are we at? Uh, uh, I think it's Kazon. I'm going to assume Kazon. Uh, to be honest, if I can tell if – Coach Freeze is in on it. Uh, Coach Freeze is that I gave Thorne to draw to calm him down. Uh, uh, yeah, he has, he said that um, several times. Uh, I, I I don't really understand why he would do that. I, I think I do remember him saying that. But the thing is, they keep talking about how much these quarterbacks are pushing, how much they're pressing. Robbie Escher's pressing against Peyton Thorne and all this stuff. It almost felt like it, it might be a sense of pride that 
that he feels with Peyton Thorne, like he went out and got this guy late because he said that Robbie Ashford and Horn Gurner weren't enough. I I I don't understand. Uh, let's see. Prince Major Thorne doesn't trust his receivers. Then when he does throw it, his ball placement is terrible. I mean, we saw that yesterday. I mean, he he was trying to trust his receivers by throwing the ball twenty yards over their heads. I mean, I I don't understand how you can overthrow Nick Martiner. Nick Martiner is six foot six. He is the he has the longest arms out of anybody on this team. Why in the world are you throwing the ball forty yards over his head? I don't get that whatsoever. And and it could just be the fact that he didn't he I'm not giving too many excuses, but he didn't play with these guys over spring. He didn't get to know these wide receivers or get to trust them. But we have seen throws made in practice that were like, well, look at him getting the ball up and getting the ball up to where his guy can get it. I mean, Peyton Thorne's had some decent throws this season. I mean, the the fade route to Devaldo in in the back corner of the end zone against Cal was a very good pass. But we get that so fairly often that it's not enough for me to trust him as a consistent passer. Uh, Back to Jimmy Carter, we need to get Cobb more involved every time he comes in and gets positive yardage. I mean, Jeremiah Cobb, I, I think out of everybody that we've seen this year, and uh, he can only be really topped if if Keldrick Pop comes in and has like a great season for as the starter for the rest of the year. Jeremiah Cobb has really proven himself as a key player on this offense, even as a true freshman. Uh, so much so that they had to burn his red shirt right away. Uh, Jeremiah Cobb even he, he Jeremiah Cobb has led Auburn in rushing yards. I think was this the first time lead Auburn rushing yards? It might have been actually. Uh, and he has just proven week in and week out that he is one of the biggest playmakers on this team. And that's why you, that's why they had to burn his red shirt. Uh, and it just, I get the ball to Jeremiah Cobbler because I really haven't seen enough from Jarquest Hunter this year to really prove to me that he is the best running back on this roster. I just haven't. I just haven't seen enough from Jar. We we went into the season talking about how Jarquez Hunter would could have like the get a thousand yards or get like fifteen hundred yards or get all the stuff that we were expecting to see from Jarquez Hunter, and he just hasn't been that guy. Uh, we've seen Brian Batie and Jeremiah Cobb, and whenever De- whenever Demari Austin was playing, he was he, Jeremiah uh, Demari Austin when he gets healthy when he gets fully healthy. He's going to be back to the premier back on this team. And I think Jarquez Hunter deserves probably the fourth most carries. I've just not been impressed by Jarquez Hunter all year. And I looking at yesterday's stats, I mean, Jarquez Hunter averaged 2.3 yards a carry. He had seven carries, 16 yards. He had the touchdown in the Wildcat formation as my boxer now runs in here trying to play. I need you to leave thank you maya that was my boxer she's been on some episodes uh sorry she you didn't get to see her this one but yeah drunk my Hunter's only averaged only average 2.3 yards of carry against the worst defense in in college football or one of them and i'm getting what just came up brian dawkins hunters lost his mojo i don't know what's up with him i i would love to i would just love to know what's going up uh with him because he's been outperformed by 
by uh, he, he's been outperformed by Peyton Thorne, I believe. I, I believe Peyton Thorne might have more rushing yards in the season than Jarquez Hunter does. And that, uh, well, yeah, Peyton Thorne's leading rusher. Jarquez Hunter's actually second. I'm surprised by that. Uh, I was not expecting that. Uh, but yeah, on see, he's averaging 3.8 yards a carry this year. Brian Batiste is averaging 4.8. Peyton Thorne's averaging 4.5. Ashford, 4.8. Jeremiah Cobb, 6.5. Damari Alston, it was averaging five yards a carry. Sean Jackson is averaging 15 yards a carry. So that's enough reason for us to get Sean Jackson back in the game. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I missed any comments up here. Uh, I got Bailey Tillis, Tillison saying all skill players suck, including Hunter. I don't think that's true. Uh, including tight ends. Tight ends have been the best part of this offense uh, at times. Rivaldo Fairweather especially. Uh, Jay Fair has been very good this year. Jay Fair is a really good wide receiver, and Mike G deserves his uh, flowers for calling that so early on. Uh, Jay Fair has just been on a roll. He's been the true number one target. Uh, he's been great all year long. Shane Hooks, he's got a couple drops that are really stupid. But overall, I feel like Shane Hooks has been playing very well, uh, and we've seen some breakout performances all around. The running back room is very good. Uh, I just need Jarquez Hunter to start playing like he – needs to be the RB1. And I just go position players with account for the defense too because the corners have been very good uh, as well. Uh, let's see. Got Jimmy Carter. It's funny. Everybody always brings up Robbie, Robbie's attitude, but every time a play is made, whether offense or defense, Robbie is always joining in and firing the guys up. Another another copy and paste out of the tweet because that, that right there, that that's just another thing. It goes back to I don't understand how people come from talking about Robbie's uh, leadership. I, I just don't. There probably been some times where maybe he's not. He's kind of been a little um, too emotional, which that kind of happens whenever you have a guy with that much heart. But uh, that's that's just that that's just what I've been saying. Uh, and back to Lamar's. I don't think the skill players suck. Just I'm motivated. I that that fits that fits a better mold uh, than the previous one. Uh, Teresa PT not being there spring is why I think uh, he has been giving him the benefit of the doubt. But after the bye week, it's clear no amount of time is going to help him. I mean, you get 14 days to prepare for the worst offense and in, in the or worst defense in the SD, not the worst offense. They're the best offense in the country. You get 14 days to scheme how you're going to pass the ball against a team that has been wildly regarded as the worst at stopping the pass, and you pass for 102 yards with Peyton Thorne. That just that just makes no sense. Uh, got Kazon again when they attempted to insult Robbie with his dancing, uh, or running back Robbie. Or Robbie should be a wide receiver. Smiling just accept it. It's not driving. It's not driving over here. Yeah, uh, Robbie heard all that stuff about him switching wide receiver. Uh, and there's a couple of uh, sources that were kind of trying to push that narrative. And Robbie, <clears throat> there was a tweet Robbie had to to delete, uh, but he basically said, "Yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, that's stupid." Don't put that up there. That's not factual in the slightest. It's just uh, overall just stupid. I'm going to pause for a second to cough. Yeah, but at the you can't get mad at Robbie. I mean, Rob, Robbie came out and just basically said, yeah, I'm not switching position. He doesn't have to. He's played very good at quarterback, especially this year. Uh, it, just, I just make, it just makes that sense. Uh, let's see... Put it there. We go. Put in the four two hundred forty pound running back. The Sean Jackson hype train is rolling up. 
uh, give Sean Jackson the game more. He is he has done a lot for for the less amount of carry. He's gotten six carries for ninety five yards and Tuddy. So he's been uh, he he's been an awesome uh, running back whenever he gets in. Uh, really taking advantage of all those. Uh, let's see back to Prince. Uh, they're using him as a between the tackles back. Uh, that for Jarquez or for Sean Jackson because I'm getting hyped for one of them and downplaying the other one. Uh, but I think that is for Jarquez Hunter. Uh, yeah. I, thing is Auburn has four running backs that I can think of off my head who are going to be around the edge backs and could probably play both. They've been using Brian Batia's up the middle back too. And he's been doing very well at that. And Jarquez has 30, 40 pounds on, on Brian Batia. I just don't think that his head's been in the game as much. And there, there've been plays where he's looked like a, his old self from last year. And there's other, most of the time I'm just, I'm just not seeing it from, from uh from Jarquez. Uh back to Lamores. Sean Jackson should most definitely be put in on short yardage. Why waste his speed size and speed? I mean, a wildcat formation, Sean Jackson, uh really uh excites me. I can't lie. Uh Sean Jackson's been a guy, I don't care how low in the depth chart he is. He's he's always been a fun player to watch. Uh he's just an all around, he's a great, great character. He's and it, I always the the 40s running backs always have a nice place in my heart for because it's like uh you had to get a, a 40s number but sean jackson the 44 looks right on him uh, i think he definitely deserves some more playing time and let's see Teresa, i think there was all the emotional operators last year with tank and just won't say anything else about that yeah and that's the thing i understand that wasn't like a i don't think that was a negative moment that most people should be looking at there were some other moments i can vaguely remember i can't place exactly when they happened uh, but where Robbie actually kind of went a little too emotional, got a little too emotional on the sideline. But the whole output for Tank, I never understood the hatred for that because that that's what you need to do. If you if your offense not getting motivated, you need the quarterback to talk to the team like that. And it's it, and even if it's just kind of bringing them all to the sideline, kind of talking to them, which can happen. And Bill Valentine, I said that comment. Uh, I'm a nice guy today. So I'm not going to ban you, but I'll let the ch- I'm not going to protect you from the chat at all. If anyone comes at you for saying uh, the, that those harshful words here, uh, it's supposed to be a safe space for everybody. Uh, talk Auburn football, uh, but yeah, uh, War Eagle though, Bill War Eagle. Uh, I think people and just going back to yeah, that's what you need to do. A heartful uh, kind of I don't want to say discussion, but let's uh, say a a rigorous discussion between two players who are offensively the best players, the best offensive players from that team yesterday or not yesterday, last year. And as soon as that happened, the offense started moving the ball more. I, that's people don't, people don't see that. You see, you see what you see when it happens, but you forget to acknowledge what happened after that. Cause that was at, before that drive, Robbie kind of saw tank kind of slugging around and being playing kind of sluggishly. And Robbie started taking the ball away from Tank, and taking the ball and taking the play the game upon himself. And they scored a touchdown that drive, and they started scoring a little bit more, and they started doing it a little bit better, and they started doing this. And that's exactly what you want to see from your quarterback. You are trying to motivate your team. That is what Robbie did on that. He got in the face of the best player on that team, and said, "Don't give up on me. Don't give up on this team. We're here to win. Let's try to win." And Auburn's offense started moving the ball, despite having a potato head at quarterback or at coach. Sorry. 
Uh, somebody decays on leader. Let Robbie ball or tell us truthfully why they're forcing Thorne on us. I completely understand. I completely get that. I completely, completely am on that side. I understand that Thorne's been a great leader off the field and has been a ha, has been a off the field a, a all round great guy around uh, around the the facilities and everything. And I respect that. I respect Peyton Thorne as a, as a person. I think he's a great guy. And I tell the same thing for TJ Finley. I think TJ Finley was a great dude. I just think when he gets on the field, he just doesn't perform like he's been advertised by the coaches. And it just makes no sense to me. Uh, let's see, uh, Teresa, when people say RT to me, I respond with roll tumors. That is a great all-around response. Uh Let's see, back to I'm not saying I believe it, the moment tank, but some people are just stuck on those few moments. I mean, it, it, that's what happens whenever you get rid of a, a terrible coach. Uh, you just kind of get stuck on the bad moments and you forget how some of the good moments were. I mean, none of the good moments came from Potato Head, but there were some good moments from last season that people will forget to build on going into the season. I mean, Robbie has a lot of those. Uh, back to Kazon, people will look at the score, better look at that score, and they, and, uh, and they boy Thorne just laying on the ground like a baby looking shook as he is shook. Coach Freeze calling it pressing, but we all know it was shook. Yeah. I, I, he, he, he played very scared yesterday. Uh, extremely scared. Uh, uh, Bill again. Why well, don't I hate? I oh, need to get behind. Huh? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, well, I'm trying to read that. Why all the hate Auburn needs to get behind mm, to win out for the state of mm, for state of Alabama? Uh, I'd prefer Alabama lose out. Uh, that'd be my preference, uh, most likely. Uh, that'd be something I would really enjoy. Uh, uh, let's go to Jimmy. Uh, Jay Simp shouldn't be available for night two of the draft. He's a ball hog at safety. I think Jay Simp might find his way. Uh, argue arguably in a in a uh, first round scenario. Uh, and, and late 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 first. I'm not gonna say say that. I, I think with how he's been performing all year long, he could find his way uh, into some first round uh, discussions. I don't think it's gonna be like I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, but I do think he definitely has earned some of those discussions uh, by being a first round pick. Uh, and I mean, some other guys should be first round pick. DJ James. Another guy, a guy who, I, and I think all, that's why I could say Auburn did pretty well last night for what they were given. Uh, Teresa, I don't say why he's playing scared against sports defense in the country. He wasn't against Georgia. That's the thing I didn't understand. He played fairly well against the Georgia defense, but not against the terrible LSU defense. And that goes back to I have this saved because I was right. Uh, whenever the Cal game happened, talking about a paint door got rattled against and. and in College Station, this was before the AM game. If he got rattled against college, in College Station, like he did at Cal, Robbie Ashton might be taking that first snap versus Georgia. I was proven right about why Robbie Ashton should be starting against Georgia, and it didn't happen. It was weird. And we went to that week thinking that Robbie Ashton was going to be the starting quarterback because of that. Uh, but overall, it, it, just over, it, just, it just makes absolutely no sense to me. And I know what I, I don't know what the, how the other guys feel about the about the whole quarterback situation. I'd perform, I perform. I assume not well. Uh, let's see. Lamora's Jay Simp and Harris are the two best players on this team by far. 
Uh, Eugene Asante and uh, Oscar Chapman, I believe, would have an argument uh, for both of those. Jay Simp, I completely agree. Marcus Harris, completely agree. I think you have a four-way discussion on that. And, I mean, I even go as far as say, uh, don't want to say Jay Fair. Jay Fair, maybe. Uh, maybe second. Uh, but, yeah. That is bring me to my – before I get to my next point, talking about the defense, I just need to pay some bills real quick. Uh, if you see this nice shirt that I'm wearing, it's a nice feeling loopy T-shirt, you can get your own just like it. If you go to the warpour.com, go to their shop, you can get your own feeling loopy shirt today. I'm throwing it up on the screen. There it is. It's beautiful. It's the comfiest shirt that I own. You need to get your own. It's only $25 on sale at warpour.com. comes in five colorways. You got your navy. There's a heather navy as well, which is on the screen. You got a you got your black and heather black, and then you have a heather midnight navy or gray. Uh, all very comfortable shirts. Only twenty five dollars. Link in the description below. And if you're listening to audio, also in the description of the audio version. It's a beautiful shirt, comfy. I love wearing it. I wash it. I wear it like twice a week. It's, I even sleep in it sometimes. It's just all around comfortable. Get your own. It looks great. Feels great. And it even looks better on game days. So get your own field movie chart today. And with that, I'm going to talk about the defense a little bit just to talk a little, I don't want to say fully positive, but a little, po- a little bit more positive because I have more positive things about this defense than anything else. Uh, but Auburn's defense, like I said earlier in the show, Auburn's defense played fairly well for the cards they were given. Uh, they, they just weren't uh, given the time to rest that you really needed uh and if and if, if you look at it from that standpoint I th- I, i'm gonna start off with the fact that keldrick Falk got his first career start as a defensive end uh and it got his first career start and keldrick Falk went in and he actually performed fairly well i think he was getting to the back as much as he possibly could he was uh getting some pressure he got a couple of th- he got three tackles uh but and I think you're looking at the fact that Keldrick Falk is going to be your starter the rest of the year. And that that's as simple as that. And, and that just brings me to my next point. I mean, the defensive line has looked has gotten very improved, but they're not getting sacks. Uh, they're getting pressure, not getting sacks, which is not something you want to do. Uh, yesterday, they got two quarterback hurries, and they got, I believe it was two sacks. You got one from Eugene Asante, and you got, yeah. Two sacks with three players. Uh, you got a half a sack from McLeod and Marcus Harris. The D line has been uh, overall, I don't know, uh, disappointing, uh, and that just stems from the fact that they're they're stopping the run. Didn't really do that on our last night stopping the run. I believe, yeah, LSU at twenty thirty yards. But uh, the re- the b- b- the words towards the beginning of the season, they were really good stopping the run. And they still can be. LSU just had the scheme and the time to, uh, you know, get rested and do that kind of stuff. Uh, it just, I've just been very disappointed in this defensive, defensive line. Just very defense. This defensive line has just not been getting the pressure that I've wanted them to get. Marcus Harris been the only guy getting that. Uh, you see some from the edge rushers a little bit. Jalen McLeod, Elijah McAllister, both kind of find plays where they get out. But overall, it's not consistent enough for me to say that this defensive line is where we wanted to be. Linebacker core, actually, I'm higher in this linebacker core than I was six weeks ago. Six weeks ago, I thought this linebacker core was going to be the worst linebacker core we've seen at Auburn, maybe ever. But I got proven wrong by the fact that Eugene Asante is a dog. Larry Nixon has been a 
very good run stuffing a linebacker, but yesterday I don't understand why they had him in a um, pass coverage uh, situation. Uh, it's just overall, uh, I, I this the linebacker has played well. I think the scheme does not fit in some instances, which kind of hinder your capabilities of stopping a, an offense as prolific as this LSU defense or LSU offense is. Uh, and then just overall, the DBs, I mean, they did what they could. Uh, you're playing against Blake Neighbors and Brian Johnson uh, Jr., who actually, Brian, jo- Brian, uh, Brian Johnson, I've been calling him Brian Johnson, Brian Thomas, uh, actually had a pretty quiet night. Uh, and Blake Neighbors didn't hit 100 yards. Uh, but uh, their third uh, the third target did have a pretty uh, had had a very decent game, uh, four catches, 111 yards, and Malik never hit 89 yards, but people were expecting him to hit like 100 and something. I mean, the top two guys didn't perform well, but it all comes down to Auburn needs to shut down that next target. Uh, and you're about to go into a week where you're going to be preparing to play Ole Miss, who has had a pretty not pretty, but they've had a they've had a the only positive thing you're going to hear me say about Ole Miss this episode. Uh, is they've had a good offense all year long. You got to prepare. You have two weeks to prepare for this game. You have one week, and uh, that just goes back to the offense is going to have to move the ball better. The offense is going to keep the ball longer. You need this defense to. You need. You are going to need this defense to be as rested as possible against Ole Miss. So I always say Ole Miss, not a team that is historically good against Auburn, but if you go into this week like you did going in against LSU, it's not going to be a fun day overall. It's just not. And, I mean, I, I just – there's nothing in me right now – y'all love these a lot. I love these goggles a lot. They're very fun to put on. I love the bits. I love the love that I get when I put these on. They might be getting retired until I see a staunch difference uh, from this team. Until, I, until Hugh Freeze comes out and says that Robbie Ashford's going to be starting quarterback. I might have to retire these for the foreseeable future. It's a, it's an undisclosed or uh, <clears throat> what's what I'm looking for. Uh, I cannot remember the name of the word I'm looking for, uh, but for the foreseeable future, orange or blue goggles will not be seen on the show until I see some improvement from this offense to give me a reason to, to bug a little bit. Let's see. You got some more comments about the defense. Uh, Gregorio, people say DJ hasn't played well all year uh, this year because he's in a bunch of highlights. If you're DB, less care about them, the better. That means they're doing their job. I completely agree with that. I, DJ James is probably the most likely player to go into the top, uh, top, uh, go into the first round of the NFL draft uh, out of every single defensive back uh, that you've seen uh, from this team. And we've seen some highlights from Pritchett. Pritchett just was injured. Uh, I don't remember exactly what they indefinite. I just remember the word indefinite suspension from the goggles. There we go. DJ has played very well. Nehemiah Pritchett's played well, but he's also, you can also tell that he's been injured and uh, hasn't really seen the field. And then Jay Semp, of course, is another guy that might be seeing some, uh, some early talks to go in the first round. Uh, another defense of where'd it go? I just had it. Uh, Puckett has to move from safety and passing situation. He gets burned every time. See, uh, <clears throat> uh, Zion Puckett has never been a guy who's been very good in those uh, in those passing downs. He's been more. He's he's played a lot like Smoke Monday did, 
Uh, you're, he's not going to be your guy that you're going to put in back in coverage, uh, but he's a good enough safety where you kind of have to have him on the field because he's a good tackler at open space. Uh, that's kind of the reason. Uh, but I, I, every time I see Zion Puckett in a passing situation where he has, has to be in coverage against someone, I just know that it's not going to go off his way. Uh, that's just how I've been watching Zion Puckett for uh, his his uh, career at Auburn. It's just overall just he's just not a great uh, coverage safety. Uh, if you move him to a linebacker, he'd be outstanding. Or like a uh, move him to star. He'd be a great star position player alongside uh, Keontae Scott and uh, Donovan Coffin. <clears throat> but again, he's just not a good enough uh, coverage safety to uh, to really show that. Uh, let's see, I got a couple more defensive, and I got back to offense for a little bit because that's what the comments I got. Uh, Gregorio, again, the more I watch DJ Barber tape, the more I feel, the better I feel about the Jack position for the future. Yeah, D- DJ Barber is a, the the lineman that Auburn has gotten so far in the uh, in this recruiting class is very good. Barber comes to mind, uh, and some other pass rushers in that class are, are looking very good. And there's a lot of them that we're still waiting to hear if they're going to commit or not. I'll go back to Prince. Jason Jones has done a great job of stopping the run up the gut, but can't get put pressure on the quarterback. That's what I've been saying. Uh, people have been hating me because they think I don't know how a nose, what a nose tackle does. And they're like, oh, they made this to stop the gaps on run plays. Well, you don't run, people don't run the ball every play. Uh, even, Jason Jones has been – they hyped him up all offseason long that he's going to be this premier like pass rusher that Albert hasn't seen since like 2019. And, and and that's just what we've what we heard. And then he came out, and he hasn't really been a name on this team. He's been good at stopping the run, but whenever it's a passing down, Jason Jones isn't getting pressure. And and people are like, "Well, he's a nose tackle. They're supposed to get pressure on the quarterback." Well, on a passing down, he, he's a de- on the defensive line. Your job is to get to the quarterback. What 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 is he supposed to be doing on a? Is he just trying to stop? Is he is he plugging the gaps on a pass play? That's not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> on a pass play, you can plug the gap on a on a run play, and that works perfectly fine. Plug the B gap; they're going to try to run the B gap, and then there he is. They're not going to pass the ball through the B gap; they're going to pass the ball over your head. So that's the point of like getting to the quarterback. I I don't understand people got mad at me for saying that. Uh, I think even Jones might have gotten mad. He'd like to comment, kind of outing me about it. And, and I just don't understand the concept of a nose tackle not getting pressure on the quarterback. So that's not what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to get pressure on the quarterback. Well, yeah, he is on a passing down. That is that is his job, to get pressure on the quarterback on a passing down. He's on the defensive line. That that has been the most annoying that, – that's been more annoying than people hating me for Robbie Ashford. People are hating on me for saying that Jason Jones is a step up in the pa- and it, getting to the quarterback. Because you, so, uh, you just don't know how a defensive line works. You're supposed – you you don't plug gaps on a, on a run play. Uh, let's see. We got to, back to Teresa before we get back to the offensive conversation for a little bit. I about the end of the stream, maybe like ten-ish minutes. Uh, Teresa, defense did a, did miss a lot of tackles last night. They were diving at the air a lot, but LSU is pretty elusive as an offense. That just comes from the fact that they're just a all-around, might be a historical level offense. It didn't help that uh, late in the fourth quarter when they're already up by a lot, they still had their starting offense then, uh, which hurt a lot. And the other point, when you're down by thirty. Uh, but in the fourth quarter, why are you still running out with the same offense that you've been running all day? That ma- that makes no sense to me either. If if you're already down by by twenty plus in the third quarter, something else that's not what you're doing isn't working. That's just the facts of that. What you're doing isn't working. When you see some, when you see your other quarterback go in and actually do stuff well, 
you take them out to kind of go, oh, well, this is working. This this is working now. Well, let's try what we we're doing earlier and see if it can work now. That that's that's what you're going to get. Uh, let's see, back to the other comments talking about the offense, just because. And we're going to have a lot more to say on the Tuesday show about you freeze because his press conference is tomorrow. So just go ahead and let everybody know that it's tomorrow. Uh, and believe me, I'm going to be watching that thing like a hawk. I'm gonna I'm gonna have my little notepad right here. I'm gonna mark down every single every single thing he says just about about this about that game we saw yesterday. Uh, so back to these other comments. I got Prince Major. The locker room is divided because they know Robbie will give it his all. Yeah, and if you're if you if you haven't got here yet, we've already talked about the uh, the Keontae Scott tweet. If you haven't seen it, there it is. Uh, Keontae Scott, the one of the premier players on this team, uh, actually tweeted this out. Just the nine period uh, statement saying that he wants Robbie Ashford in the game, uh, which is exactly what Auburn should have done yesterday. Uh, and got Kazon again. Robbie beat A&M last year and Thorne did not. I, I w- if all the games I would use for uh, Robbie propaganda, I, would, I wouldn't use the A&M game. The A&M game probably wasn't the best passing night uh, for Robbie Ashford because that, that A&M defense last year was actually pretty good in the passing game. But he did beat A&M. True. And that was a worse A&M team as well. Uh, and that's coming from the biggest Robbie Astro truther you're ever going to meet. I mean, I bought that. Uh, let's see. Uh, back to Teresa. Uh, talking about Kazon, true, but in all fairness, and that, uh, that's going back to what I said. Uh, was it home last year? I, however, think Robbie could have won that game. I, I, I believe Robbie could have beaten A&M this year, too. Uh, and just overall, just you can't, you as a coach, I know I'm not a coach. I've never coached a football game in my life. Never once have I ever walked onto the field as a football head coach. But if something isn't working, maybe it's time to try something else. And that's exactly what a coach is supposed to do. If something isn't working, you go out there and you fix it. You change up what you're doing. If Peyton Thorne isn't cutting at quarterback, got to try something else. If this isn't working, fix it. That's, that's exactly what you're supposed to do as a head coach. And again, that's coming from someone who's never coached a game in his life. I, I, I've played football before. I believe I know the game pretty well. Uh, there are definitely people who know the game better than I do. But from a realism standpoint, if something is not working, you probably need to fix it or change it or do something in order to make the situation for your team better. And if you're going to have players tweeting out that they want Robbie Asher to play, especially a guy like Keontae Scott, who again, if you've not, if you ever heard of Keontae Scott in your life, he's not a he's a contributor on this defense, key contributor on this defense. So you have to start Robbie Ashford against Ole Miss. I'll I'll, I'll rant for a little bit longer. Uh, I'll just give you all time if y'all want to get some more comments in. I'll probably end the stream and and say probably about seven twenty. Uh, but if y'all Load up the comment section. I'll be here for as long as y'all want me here. Uh, so any questions y'all have uh, about the upcoming week, about any of my thoughts, if you want me to rant about Robbie some more, uh, give me some questions to to rant about. Uh, but yeah, if, if we don't get any in about two, three minutes, I'll I'll just uh, end the stream. I'll say my goodbyes and I'll see y'all Tuesday. But yeah, uh, looking at this week coming up, if, if, if Hugh Freeze comes into this press conference tomorrow, and doesn't have a clear answer for what he saw uh, against LSU. Does that have a key answer for his quarterback situation? Something's up. Uh, if he's like feeling pressured that he needs to start Peyton Thorne, uh, that's something 
that's something seriously wrong uh, as, as a coach. And you're not going to get any like anti Hugh Freeze comments from me unless he does something very stupid. Uh, and I and I kind of hate the fans that have already kind of like given up on Hugh Freeze for whatever reason in in year one, and and the season's not even over yet. Uh, you just you can't give up on a coach in year one. Uh, you always have to give a coach. In today's world, in today's comfortable world, a coach deserves at least three years. Saying that I know I was very pro-Auburn firing the last guy that came through, that was a different example. That was a guy who just wasn't doing anything to benefit the team that he's getting paid to fix. And I, I obviously thought that he could have been fired with cause for the sheer nothing he was doing for the team. But you can't give up on Hugh Freeze right away. You can't give up on him in year one. Uh, and it's hard to do that. For It should be hard for anyone to do that knowing what he's doing in recruiting. Year one of a coach is always used as a keeping a program afloat for a year longer than going into the next year with some expectations to be a little bit better. And then your year three, 2025 is like, is like the year where I'm expecting Auburn to be like SEC – uh, Cal- like SEC contention uh, in 2025. 2024, I'm like, well, if Auburn finishes, like, I can't say. I'm used to saying East and West, but we're not going to have East and West next year. I can- I'm expecting Auburn to be this is the top half of the SEC next year. And that's giving them an extra spot to get up to. I mean, the- Auburn, the SEC is going to have 16 teams next year. They got to play Oklahoma. Uh, but I would like to see Auburn improve to at least, like, being, I don't want to say eighth. Uh, I'm going to say it. Yeah, like the eighth best team in the SEC. I'd be fine with that. That's that's sheer improvement right away, but uh, in in twenty twenty five, that's when I'm going to be start expecting like all right, two years into the program, and you start beating Georgia and Alabama consistently, at least. I, and I, I'm okay with like surprises in, in the middle of that. I would I would be very happy with an Alabama with a with a win on the Iron Bowl in year one. Believe me, uh, and in year two and year three and year four and five and six and all that, all that jazz all the way down until he uh, until he leaves. Let's see, got a couple more comments here. Uh, Teresa, we have to beat Ole Miss at home. Yeah, yeah we were, we're historically really good at beating Ole Miss. And it's an issue when we don't. Uh, and that's why I thought Potato Guy was going to get fired after he lost to Ole Miss uh, last year. But obviously, wait for Arkansas. So that's 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 funny. Uh, got Gregorio again. Jane Daniels, in my opinion, is the best quarterback in college football right now. Uh, it's crazy that Mel Kuyper has him as the ninth quarterback going out of the draft. Yeah, I don't understand. I think it's an age thing. He's been he's been in college football for a hot minute. Uh, that's why Bo Nix is very low on his radar too. And for some reason, JJ McCarthy's very high. I've not seen enough of JJ McCarthy to really consider him a top three quarterback in this class. Uh, but Jaden Daniels, a guy who I feel like he could he I'm trying to he he plays a lot like Lamar. Uh, and he's not going to get a Heisman because uh, he has two losses on his resume. But overall, I feel like Jaden Daniels has been playing like the top quarterback. At, I, I, well, I say that. Michael Penix has been outperforming everybody. Uh, I personally say Michael Penix is the best quarterback in the in college football right now. Uh, but yeah, I don't understand why Jane Daniels gets. Uh, they just there are just some players who Mel Kuyper is very low on that I just don't understand uh, why. Uh, and I, it just makes no sense to me. Uh, got Prince. It seems like to me the coaches are scared to utilize Robbie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he goes in, he performs very well. They don't want to open the offense up, so they put in Peyton Thorne, who immediately kills a drive for two or three or four and all those the drives he got in and didn't score. 
Uh, and it could just be a pride thing as well. Uh, you just never know. Hope if I, I would love to hear you free say that Robbie goes into this week as a starter based on how he performed. Uh, but if we don't hear that, then that that's an issue uh, that Hugh Freeze is going to have to deal with and that we're going to have to deal with as well. Uh, but the, the Robbie hype train has never been, uh, never, never been, uh, never been be, uh, better. Uh, Teresa, I have a question. When a play is called, is it specific to the players that go in? Is there, if there is going to be a change at running back, who decides who goes in? OC, head coach, or running back coach? Um, typically, that's going to be your coordinators and your head coaches, depending on if they're offensively oriented or not. Uh, if they're calling a play that's meant for a certain player, uh, they're going to put that player in. Uh, every every player has like a skill set that a coach knows about. So whenever it's like whenever Robbie goes in, typically you're going to see a lot more of Jeremiah Cobb because uh, those two play those two kind of mesh well off of each other. Your running back coach kind of coaches off the field uh, or off the like outside of the game. He'll like coach him up during the game, but your running back coach isn't typically going to be the guy who chooses who goes in uh, during plays. Uh, it'd be mostly your head coach and OC kind of saying who goes in because they're the, they're they're the ones scheming around those players. Uh, let's see, Prince. Hugh isn't the problem. He needs to make the right decision when it comes to roster making. That that's exactly that is right. He's not the problem. He's not the biggest problem on this team. He's not a problem on this team whatsoever. Uh, you got to give Hugh Freeze a chance to build a roster that <coughs> works for him, and he doesn't have that right now. Uh, it's year one of a program, uh, and building a program takes time. And it's this year, this college football era, and I'm just going to say it, Auburn fans uh, typically aren't the biggest uh, fans of patience. And that's coming from a guy who has the least amount of patience uh, out of anybody that I know. Let's see, Prince Truco. And K. Scott has also been in practice to see if Robbie has what it takes. I mean, I would love to see uh, some kind of off-the-record survey on what players feel certain ways about the quarterbacks. Uh, and that that would be interesting to see. Just kind of see exactly how many are pro-Ashford, how many pro-Thorn. Just kind of see how that works. I honestly feel like this is going to be very – it's going to be very, like, 50-50, or it's going to be if, – if K. Scott and I are tweeting stuff like that, it might be a little heavy on the Robbie side. But, you know, the players can't make that decision themselves. That has to be the, the coach that does that. Uh, let's see, Gregoria. If it looks like Arky might move on from Pittman, do you think they give Gus a call? That maybe I don't think so. Uh, but they did take his defensive coordinator. Uh, and uh, oh dear lord, why am I forgetting T Will? Uh, they took his DC from UCF. Uh, but I do think that they'd be dumb not to just to have a guy who has close ties to the state of Arkansas. But UCF also isn't performing the best right now. Uh, they might. Uh, Rhett Lashley, another guy I think they might call. Uh, Gus Mal- might already start pulling out the Gus Malzahn disciples. Uh, get Rhett Lashley on the call. Uh, if Teresa, Teresa, you're still here, uh, Jeff Trailer is a guy who could who could be potentially called up to a, to a certain team. Um, uh, it, it just kind of depends. Uh, I think you're going to try to go go get someone from P5. But I, I do think they need to get someone for who who can, who is well enough for building up a program because I think Sam Pittman kind of did Arkansas dirty 
I, that's also me saying that knowing that he he won in, he won like eight nine games in year one maybe ten and they weren't expecting that at all and now they have expectations for what Sam Pittman is and he's just never been a good coach. Uh, Teresa, I'm sorry. I see you said no. He just said UCSA forever. He's he's not. Jeff Trey was going to get some calls uh, very soon. Uh, and there's a, there's a couple guys all around the place I think Arkansas could go for. I think they messed up by getting the offensive line coach of Georgia, and they got lucky in year one. And now they're expecting way too much of uh, of him and in the years to follow. Uh, let's see, it's good. I'll get back to Princess Claremont in a second. I go to Gloria's part two. I, think, I mean, it's perfect for Gus sealing there seven eight wins a year, and Gus is best at doing that. Yeah, but I, I don't know. At some point, there you want to have a coach that's going to win those games, and I just don't think that they're going to settle for Gus Malzahn when Arkansas is a good football program. Uh, they have they've had a they had a like a couple years there where they kind of ran the West, so they're probably some of the older fans probably expect it uh, expect more. Some of the younger fans uh, got to experience success a little too early. And now they kind of expect it. I don't think I don't think that uh, uh, Gus Malzahn is going to be a great call for them. Uh, I definitely think you need to try to get some of these uh, uh, bigger names of the of the G five or some some lower P five schools who are who are starting to have a little bit of a surge. I mean, if Arkansas has got the money for it, I mean, try to pry Mike Elko from Duke if you can. Uh, he's he's building a nice little little program over there for for Duke. And I saw your comment. There it comes uh, Mike Elko. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, he, Mike Echo might be the first coach everyone calls if they're looking for a new coach. I mean, I think Michigan State might have tried, uh, but that'd be a program that you'd have to build up from the from the bottom of the barrel. Uh, but Prince, TBH, the QB battle, should have went into the first game, made a decision going to the Cal. I think the offense would have looked better. I mean, we kind of saw that. Uh, Robbie Ashford got in a lot versus UMass and scored three touchdowns in the game. Uh, not He rushed for three touchdowns, but uh, we could have seen a little bit more of him passing the ball uh, in that Cal game. I, they tried to – since every player has a scheme, they tried to run Robbie Ashford's scheme – or they tried to run Peyton Thorne's scheme with Robbie Ashford. That's going to be less RPOs used. So that's why that didn't work out when Robbie got in. Uh, if you you have, There's a play style that works for every, every quarterback. And I definitely think if you would run more RPO stuff, Robbie Ashford probably could have had a better better day. Because I've, I've heard uh, there's some of the Cal players who thought that Robbie Ashford sucked. Uh, but we didn't get to see enough of them to really prove them wrong in that game. In that game alone, not enough evidence to prove them wrong there. And that's where some of that stemmed from. Uh, when people say that Robbie Ashford can't throw the ball, they saw that one pass against Cal and it was forced. It looked stupid. Uh, it was a stupid decision on his part. And I'll be the first to admit that. And, you know, I have his jersey right there. Uh, but, yeah, uh, he's going to have to – it goes into – he's got the answer for what happened with the quarterbacks uh, yesterday or Saturday. If you're listening to this late, Saturday. Uh, so, Teresa, just all the – trailers the saving of G5. He's building a dynasty there. I'm going to eventually move to San Antonio to be closer to my daughter. I want to go to a lot of games with trailer coaching. Uh, hopefully he does. Uh, I would love to see UTSA kind of move up in the ranks with with uh, Jeff Trailer there. Uh, I just think that uh, money talks. I mean, we saw Luke Fickle uh, before since he joined the joined the Big Twelve, kind of move up to Wisconsin because he was building a dynasty at Cincinnati, built one, and was able to move up to the Big Ten. And I mean, he he wants that. We always. I'm going to say this in a way to make it not sound 
stupid. Luke Fickle was like the Lane Kiffin of the SC, of the the G five. Like he was he was trying to hold out for a certain job, but when it wasn't there, he settled for this. For he, he found the next best thing. Like Fickle really wanted the Ohio State job, but Wisconsin called, and that's a job that's Wisconsin not on par, like uh, program wise, but they're they kind of, they're very close. So you can just get the next best thing. In the Big Ten, uh, Teresa, I don't say why PT gets the benefit of the doubt when he makes multiple mistakes and Robbie gets reamed for one mistake. Yeah, that's 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 the theme of Robbie Ashford's uh, season. Uh, he gets he he messes up once and gets hated by everybody, and then Peyton Thorne goes out there and makes plenty of mistakes and gets thrown right back in as a starting quarterback. Uh, but I think I'm gonna call it there. Going be going for on for almost hour and a half. So I'm going to go ahead and let everybody know where y'all can find me. If you're looking for me on social media, it's at your boy the tank on Twitter slash X. Uh, it redirects, so no matter what you type in, uh, I'll be on whatever comes up. Uh, it's going to be at your boy the tank, at Y-A-B-O-Y the tank. It's just right there, also in the description below, right next to my name. And there, if you follow my Instagram as well, it's at Dylan Lark, at D-Y-L-A-N-L-A-R-C-K. And, of course, if you want to follow us here, us here on the college loop you have us everywhere twitter tiktok facebook instagram the works uh all at the college loop and you also have right here on youtube where you should like comment and subscribe uh leave some love for everybody else here as well show some love you got harrison tar at by harrison tar on twitter x daniel lock at daniel j lock and colin byersdorf at byersdorf colin b-e-y-e-r-e-r-s-d-o-r-f colin with one l uh just because i got tired of spelling and of course, if you're tired of watching. If you're tired of watching the show, you can also go listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And of course, with all that being said, I was right about Robbie Ashford all along, War Eagle, and this has been the College Loop post game reaction show.